This is Bart Peterson, and you are listening to Across the Board on the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I would like to welcome you to episode 25 of Across the Board, the podcast that focuses on boards of directors, corporate governance, and management of strategic risk. Today, I have with me Doreen Lillianfield. Doreen is a partner at Sherman & Sterling in New York, and we discuss the firm's recent annual corporate government governance and executive compensation survey. Some of the topics from this survey that we discuss are, why should boards of directors be concerned with corporate culture? What is corporate culture? What are some corporate culture red flags? Why is corporate culture an asset? What are some of the indicias of a healthy corporate culture? How does the board work to uh, oversee corporate culture, and how should a board work or think through its role? It's an excellent exploration of where the marketplace is on this issue, and I know you will find it useful and helpful from the compliance officer and or board of director perspective. Across the Board is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'm back for another episode. You are in for a real treat today, as I have with me Doreen Lillenfeld. She is a partner at Sherman and Sterling. She is the global head of governance and advisory group and in the compensation governance and ERISA practices. Practice rather. She focuses on a wide variety of compensation related matters, including the design, implementation, and retention of compensation plans, disclosure and regulatory compliance, and employment negotiations with senior executives. She has advised both US and non US issuers on corporate governance and regulatory requirements relating to compensation and benefits. But today she's here to visit with us about a part of the Sherman and Sterling Annual Corporate Governance and Executive Compensation Survey. So Doreen, with that incredibly long introduction, welcome and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Hi Tom, thanks for having me. So Doreen, I was wondering if we might be able to start with um, what is the uh, Corporate Governance and Executive Compensation survey by uh, that Sherman and Sterling does on an annual basis? Sure. Um, we've been doing this for 16 years. We started it when Sarbanes-Oxley was enacted, and it keeps up with the uh, significant governance and comp topics that our clients are most curious about. When we started it, um, it was really as a benchmarking exercise. We would get questions from clients pretty frequently about how are others reacting to the various bits of legislation and guidance that are coming out of the SEC. And we took that information and compiled it into a survey with data about the top 100 companies in the U.S. uh, public companies that are not controlled companies uh, by size. And we look at those uh, measured by market cap and revenue and uh, compile what they're doing on various governance topics, which are of interest to our clients. Um, And and now that it's in its 16th year, um, we just publish it as a a standalone book and uh, put together some discussion of topics that we think are current and that people really want to know about as they drill into the next proxy season. So compensation, activism, cybersecurity, board diversity, uh, a survey of all of the hot topics and practices in our area. Well, Doreen, uh, I, 
the reason I was so intrigued with your report is that both representatives from the Securities and Exchange Commission and the Department of Justice have talked about corporate culture as a key component of a compliance program. But you guys looked at it from the board perspective. So I really wanted to focus on the importance of adding culture to the board agenda and ask you, why should a board of directors be concerned with corporate culture? Sure. Um, For us, too often the issue of corporate culture comes up when there's a problem, right? There's a corporate governance lapse or a data breach or a Me Too claim. Um, And really good boards and and good governance means that companies want to try to head those issues off to the extent that they can um, and insert a discussion of culture into the board dynamics before there's an issue and before there's a problem. Um, So really the board as, you know, the custodian of corporate culture and the board overseeing management to make sure that the company is actually living its values. In the report, you identified some culture red flags, and I was wondering if you could go through those for us and maybe give a little context to them. Sure. Um, there are several things that we've identified as red flags. Um, they're discussed in the National Association of Corporate Directors materials regarding culture that were published last year as well. Um, but essentially, you know, culture is the how of how an organization does its what and why. Um, and if you're looking beyond the results and into the how the results are achieved. I think really that's the mindset that the board needs to bring to these um, questions. So some examples of what might be red flags, um, focusing on the financial performance of the company without regard for how those results are achieved, Um, really trying to get behind the numbers and understand the dynamics on the ground from an audit committee or from a board perspective. Um, Another one is that uh, one set of rules applies to high performers and that they're allowed to operate outside of established corporate policy and get financially rewarded for conduct that's inconsistent with company stated values or codes of conduct or or other behaviors that the company has outlined as important. Um, Basically, what you're looking for there is consistency uh, between the living culture of the entity and the articulated culture um, that's in its various documents and and electronic websites. Um, Another focus is on, you know, too too readily getting to consensus, right? Those managers who are going along to get along. Um, Now, collegiality isn't consensus, um, so we do want, you know, the workplace to be collegial, uh, but really not questioning results and not um, drilling into particular results at a company is seen as potentially problematic from a culture perspective. Uh, frequent exceptions to company policies, especially if they're being granted in order to reach performance targets, that can be a real risk factor for companies to examine. Again, something that's probably uh, for a risk committee or an audit committee to be drilling into. Um, 
having a company where sharing of bad news is discouraged, you really want to encourage a learning environment and take lessons away from missteps. Um, so a culture where bad news is is hidden or downplayed or, or blamed on others is really a red flag in our view. Um, let's see, promotions or recognitions that are tied to individual relationships as opposed to skills and performance, you know, sort of favoritism, nepotism type concepts. Um, and a criticism or, or challenge of existing practices and strategies being discouraged by management. Um, we need companies to be dynamic and change ready and open to the possibility that, you know, improvements can be made and, and changes would be positive. And so those are the sort of things that, that we think can reflect poorly on a company's culture and can, can signify deeper problems at the institution. I was really uh, intrigued and frankly gratified that in your report, you stated culture is a company asset. I was wondering if you'd give us uh, a few words, if you were advising a board, why would you tell them that culture is a company asset? Sure. Um, you know, companies need to operate with the belief that culture is adding value. Um, studies have shown that companies that have highly engaged employees, which is one of the signifiers of a good corporate culture, outperform their peers on various metrics, um, including things like customer satisfaction, safety, quality, profitability, productivity of employees, and shareholder return. Um, on the other hand, a weak culture can wind up being quite expensive in our experience. Um, we've seen you know, studies that show up to 10 times higher levels of mis misconduct at companies that have weak employee engagement. So once culture is seen as an asset, once it's seen as adding value, um, boards really recognize that it's an important part of their thinking and their agenda setting. Uh, I was wondering if you might be able to give us a few thoughts on uh, what is culture or what you would advise uh, a board of directors the culture is within their organization. Yeah, and you know, I think I mentioned as we were doing the intro here that if if the organization is is what it does, um, then the culture is how it gets done, how the values of the company are being lived on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so what does that mean? You know, first there's the things that the company puts out, um, public statements, org charts, structure charts, um, recruiting materials, the website, social media, which is highly curated by lots of companies. These are, you know, demonstrable lenses through which we can see what the corporate culture is aspiring to. Um, then there are the goals of the company. Those are forward-looking uh, business plans, compensation plans in particular in my area, governance and compliance documents and ethics guidelines. Those are setting targets uh, for where we want the company to be going and they're forward-looking um, and aspirational in certain cases. And then lastly, there are the common beliefs of the constituents of the enterprises. These are the, the norms of, of leadership behavior, um, regular channels of information flow, the reporting chain, training activities, what the company is focused on. So those are really the tangible demonstrations of how the company is living its values on a day-to-day -day basis. 
Doreen, you've really articulated most of these throughout this podcast, but I'm wondering if you might give us uh, six or so signifiers of a healthy culture inside of a corporation. Sure. Um, one, I, one I mentioned already, which I think is very important, is having highly engaged employees. And you know, good boards review that data at least annually um, as to where employees are on their employment uh, engagement surveys. Have statistics changed? Have items changed in different departments? Uh, but really drilling into that data through the comp committee or human resources committee um, and knowing where the employees stand vis-a-vis the organization. Another is promoting a culture where communication is very strong, uh, top down and from the bottom up. And transparency of the organization is embraced. This is the opposite of that red flag that I mentioned about not sharing bad news. Um, it's, it's really, you know, bringing all news, good news, bad news to the fore and encouraging a positive uh, dialogue around issues that the company faces. Um, finally, there's the alignment between values and actions that's very important. Um, actions that get rewarded or that get punished are aligned with those articulated artifacts of the corporate culture that I mentioned. Um, companies and in, in the players within companies need consistency of results and predictability of outcomes. And so being able to know where one stands um, is, is a very solid signifier of a healthy culture. Um, strong corporate resilience, allowing a company with to withstand stress from inside and out. You know, something will inevitably happen. A quarter will go badly. Um, a result won't be exactly as planned. But how a company addresses that really, really sets apart those with a healthy culture than those where there are issues. Um, how is change handled at the organization? Are changes implemented thoughtfully and deliberately, uh, but continuously, or is change resisted? Again, an- another sign of positive things. And lastly, accountability. Um, are mistakes reg- regarded as a source of learning for the organization rather than a source of, of blame for the results? Um, I think that those would all be really important signifiers of, of companies that have healthy cultures. Doreen, this has been a, a great uh, series of descriptions on both healthy cultures and, and perhaps red flags. But every board I've talked to, uh, certainly in the compliance realm and in the culture realm, they come back with a second question is, we understand what you've told us, Tom, but now how do we engage in oversight? So if you were faced with that question, you've explained to a corporation or rather a board uh, about the components of a healthy corporation and the addition of a healthy corporation, how do you help them understand and then implement their responsibility for oversight? Well, boards need to be very clear um, at the outset about what the culture is and what the institution is trying to foster. And that comes from clear communication with management. So I think the board as a first step really needs to engage with management around what the agenda is and what management's efforts on culture have been. And that should be part of an ongoing process that happens at least annually in terms of board calendar setting, um, but that it really moves into the dialogue that's happening at the committee 
levels as well. Um, you know, board members um, need to oversee what management is doing and to make sure that their their activities don't create additional risks. Um, so companies need a top-down strategy in order to demonstrate corporate culture on an ongoing basis and make sure that they're incentivizing their employees to act consistently with the articulated culture and the long-term strategy of a company. And at the board level, again, um, the various committees of the board each have a role as culture custodian. Um, you know, the audit committee looking at the results of internal and external audits, um, compliance reviews, what's been going on on the employee hotline, have there been any whistleblower reports. Um, drilling into each of those issues on an audit level um, is robust board practice that supports culture oversight. Uh, in my area on the comp side, you know, what is the pay philosophy of the company and how are the different pay programs aligned with that philosophy? Um, how are the programs designed? How is um, oversight of employees and employee reviews being conducted? Is there a clear talent strategy, including one that, you know, meets goals with respect to employee engagement and diversity and inclusion? I think that's where the comp committee can play a strong role. Uh, and then there's nom and gov, right, where, you know, you're doing your succession planning in the most part, um, not just CEO succession planning, but succession planning at, at, at a level below. Um, and, you know, Boards assessing their own performance through the nomination and governance committee and what the board's culture is really like. How is the board able to dialogue? How often do they meet in executive session? How does the board learn from mistakes? Are they open to feedback and do they have a direct communication line with other executives in the organization other than just the CEO. Um, I think that those are all dynamics that a board can look at um, to make sure that they're fulfilling their oversight role. Well, Doreen, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I wanted to end by asking if uh, any of our listeners wanted more information or to obtain uh, a copy of this report, uh, could they do so? And if so, how? Sure, absolutely. You can go on our website at www.sherman.com, spelled S-H-E-A-R-M-A-N for your listeners. So I've been visiting today with Doreen Lillienfeld. She is a partner at Sherman and Sterling, and as it's given us really a fascinating exploration of not simply what uh, good corporate culture is, but the board's role in impacting that and the board's role in oversight. Doreen, thank you very much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you, Tom. It was great to be here. Thanks a bunch. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Across the Board. If you have any questions on this, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. We have linked to the Sherman and Sterling Annual Corporate Governance and Executive Compensation Survey report in the show notes. I hope you'll join me again for another episode of Across the Board. Across the Board is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.